at the school that I was at, there were some brilliant female senior leaders, but I'd never seen anyone progress beyond deputy head. I never thought that that was possible. And I I definitely thought I was going to have to make a choice. Welcome to Voice in Education, the podcast. I'm Kathleen Kushney, founder of Voice in Education, a senior leader in education, trainer and coach. My mission is to help new leaders and teachers aspiring to leadership become confident in their ability to lead others successfully. Whether you're a new or aspiring leader, this podcast will help you to become confident in your ability to lead others successfully. We discuss key themes in education and personal development and how this can impact educational leadership. Let's move that needle from confusion and overwhelm to clarity and inspiration. This series is a collaboration with the MTPT project, Maternity Teacher, Paternity Teacher. All nine episodes of the Motherhood and Leadership series are sponsored by Teach First Networks. Find out details about all the networks on offer at www.teachfirst.org.uk forward slash networks. Please note that this episode discusses fertility issues, including miscarriage. If you want to avoid this part of the conversation, please skip this section. The exact times are given in the show notes. So today we have our first guest, Lucy Hemsley, who is an assistant head teacher for teaching and learning and CPD. And she currently works four days a week at a large comprehensive school in Gloucestershire. She returned to work in April for maternity leave with her third baby, who is nearly 11 months old. And she also has two boys aged five and two. In addition to her school responsibilities, Lucy is also regional representative for Gloucestershire for the MTPT projects and one of the regional network leagues for Women Ed Southwest. So Lucy, it's great to have you here. And one of the first things that I want to start with, with all of our guests in this series, is for you to, all the mothers, all the mother leaders, to share a quote that really resonates with them, that kind of sums up or or just really, to be honest, resonates with you. So what is your quote and what does it mean to you? Yeah, hi, Kathleen. Um, So the quote that I've chosen is one from, is that Sheryl Sandberg said, and it's that careers are a jungle gym, not a ladder. Mm. So the reason I suppose I've chosen that is when I read Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In, you know, I really remember the impact that it had on me uh, as a woman and kind of making me think at the, at the point then I, I was a middle leader. And a lot of the things that she was saying in her book about kind of leaning in and, and, and kind of being at the table were just things I hadn't thought about, but it really made me reflect on kind of myself and kind of returning to, to looking at some of the things which she said in the book. This quote really resonates with me where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that particularly for women, not exclusively, but particularly for, for women who are mothers who take time out for maternity leave, careers do take pauses because you mm-hmm. have to take some time out from work, however long that might be. And this really, really resonates with me because 
before I thought of careers in school as being very linear. You you know, you go and do this role and then that role. And, and, and that was kind of the discussions that I would have, wonderful mentors that I would have as I was kind of younger in my career. And I now kind of realise that a career is is more like a jungle gym. And I, I think when uh, when Cheryl Sandberg was saying this, I think she's kind of probably referring, I think in America they talk about kind of uh, climbing frames. I think that's what mm-hmm. she means. But the mm-hmm. image for me is like the sort of jumperoo or the baby bouncer, the, the, the crazy things. Are, and that to me is what uh, I, I see career for like now that you'll get knockbacks and you know something will fly at you which you weren't expecting and that you know you but you're you're kind of finding your way through and uh yeah I like that sort of analogy of discovery which is like you know the child discovery as well Mm, I like that because it yeah it's a really good analogy to what's really going on, particularly as mothers that are leaders and in schools, you know, it it really does resonate there. And, you know, there's lots of parallels to be made. So you've recently returned to school following the birth of your third child. How has school life as a leader been for you so far? It's been brilliant. Really brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think with every maternity leave has been a bit of a a different story in in my journey in my development as a as a as a woman as my development as a mother and as a leader and actually this time i was perhaps most nervous and anxious about coming back to work mm, perhaps because i knew for definite that uh, i mean i hope i'm not listening back to this in in a few years time and baby number 4 is that i i really think that this baby <laughs> is my last baby and uh-huh. and so I think there was that sense of, um, you know, closing closing the end of that chapter, mm-hmm. no, no, not having that time to to do all the baby classes and be there seven days a week, and so I felt quite sad about that. But as soon as I've been back at work, I just felt alive in a different way, and um, yeah, it's been really really good. Um, so. Yeah, I'm enjoying re-engaging my brain and doing the other part of my life, which I really enjoy, I suppose, as well. Mm. I was just going to ask you, because when you said about being alive, I'm thinking about it's home in there because for people that are listening to this that are on maternity leave or paternity leave, actually, going back, sometimes there is a kind of, uh, for want of a better word, fear Mm -hmm. as to what it's going to be like. And you've said that it makes you feel alive. Can you dig a bit deeper into what that actually means to you? Well, you know, I've been reflecting on this so since since I went back, speaking to some of the, the people that I know who are still on parental leave. You know, I was chatting actually last week to someone who's due to go back to work um, in a week or so. And she was asking me, you know, how has it been? You know, she was really nervous. It's her third baby. And I, yeah, as you say, I think there is always that kind of fear and because it is, if you've been having that way of life and you get set into that new routine, it's another change and change is always scary, I think, or I certainly have, I find it to be that way. Mm-hmm. I think for me, there is that sense of at work, I'm able to think about my own needs 
more mm. than at home, then my needs come way down, <laughs> way down the list, really. And so, although, of course, you're thinking about all the children that are in school uh, and the staff and everyone else in, in terms of your role, you know, actually, if I need to go to the toilet or <laughs> I can go to the toilet without, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that just in peace. Uh, and and it sounds that sounds minor, but I think that for me that has been, you know, has turned that kind of light back on in a way that I had forgotten. Oh, that that's there, and so kind of reigniting mm-hmm. Lucy again, I suppose Lucy in my whole sense rather than just Lucy as mum. And that's not to say that I was unhappy during maternity leave. I've had a brilliant, brilliant maternity leave this last time, but. Yeah, it's been good to have time for myself too and, and enjoy being successful in a way that doesn't just revolve around parenting. Mm, absolutely, because there's Lucy, the person, mm. the human came first yeah. as well. So it's important to, as mothers, to remember who we were mm. before becoming a mother, whether it's the first, second or third mm. time. So, yeah, thanks for highlighting that. And so you've recently come back and you've just explained your feelings around that. So. Let's go a bit, just rewind a little bit and tell us about your leadership journey. So how did you arrive at being an assistant head teacher? I have taken a range of uh, responsibility posts over my career. So I've had my first kind of middle leadership post after just completing my NQT year. And I I had responsibility Mm. for, at the time, gifted and what we call gifted and talented students. And then Worked in the sixth form uh, with UCAS applications and raising aspirations and supporting Oxbridge applications. So I had uh, became deputy head of sixth form there. And it was that at that time when I then uh, fell pregnant with my first baby. And then after returning from my maternity leave that time, I was kind of getting to the point of During that maternity leave, I knew that if I hadn't been on leave, then I would be applying for assistant head teacher post. I was doing the equivalent of an MPQ through our teaching school alliance. So preparing for senior leadership with the University of Bristol. Mm -hmm. But I had to have that pause and I enjoyed taking that pause. But at the same time, I was frustrated and feeling like, oh, you know, I saw other colleagues of mine who I had been doing that course with, some who were were women who had one colleague who had old children, some male colleagues who had children, some who didn't, but who were gaining their their first post in senior leadership. And I knew for me it was going to take a little bit longer. Mm. And I also was, I had been told at that time that I couldn't, you couldn't be a senior leader and work part-time. So I think I was... I struggled with that during that first maternity leave of thinking, well, I've got to go back full time. I want to get that senior leadership post, which I've been aspiring to, which I want to go for. But I felt that, you know, it had to be under the certain terms of being full time. uh, And I didn't really realise, I didn't realise that there were other options. At that point Mm -hmm. in my, uh, in, in my career, I wasn't really connected. Well, I wasn't connected with people wider than my immediate school and other schools in in the area. Um, and it was that point when I became aware of, you know, women ed, 
and started to use Twitter more. And it was only through that those connections and those wider connections that I realized that there were other options that, you know, to go mm. back to that kind of quote, that there wasn't just a single ladder or way of doing leadership in schools and the single way of, of parenting, which I thought I had to do, which was, you know, full-time childcare and working full-time. Basically, it was through reading Women Ed, the book, and then going to my first unconference with them that I met female leaders across the country. I realized that there weren't just part-time senior leadership opportunities, that there were, you could be a co-head or job. I never heard of those things. I hadn't at that point met a female head teacher in my career. Mm. So I was, uh, that was so empowering to me and really eye-opening. And that's kind of when I started thinking about exploring what my next steps might look like. Mm. There's so much there. What struck for me is really that at that point you hadn't met a female head teacher. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. Was that, do you think that's the region that you lived in or? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's probably a combination of, but I don't know if it's the region that we live in. I mean, I know that, so I'm talking secondary as well. I had did know some female primary heads, but I felt that mm-hmm. from my frame of reference that I, I didn't have any, I didn't know any female secondary heads at the school mm-hmm. that I was at. There were some brilliant female senior leaders, but I'd never seen anyone progress beyond deputy head Mm -hmm. and so I I just kind of thought that I never thought that that was possible and I I definitely thought I was going to have to make a choice really Mm -hmm. at that point in my career I did not think that senior leadership and motherhood was overly compatible so to yeah so when once I kind of did come back full-time after my first baby I did get secure my first senior leadership post, which is brilliant here at school. I was kind of seconded on as an associate assistant head teacher working full time. And then kind of personally, I was just struggling with my fertility. I had a, a, a couple of miscarriages and was going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when you know, I was seeing seeing fertility doctors and, and being told that, you know, it may not be, it may not be possible to have another baby. Mm-hmm. That is when I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go part time. And I started okay. to explore jobs for, I applied for a job for teacher of history. So no, which would mean relinquishing my senior leadership and my middle, you know, my previously having been a middle leader just to, to I say just to be a teacher that I, I say that and I it's absolutely not teaching is I'm, I'm not saying that way but I felt that I couldn't be a leader and work part-time I didn't think that was possible mm-hmm. and it was at that point that by applying for that job speaking to my head teacher at the time and he said okay why don't you make a a flexible working request here and I did mm-hmm. and I was successful in doing that but that was the first time that at my school that there had been a someone on the SLT who was mm. part-time which is big 
so that was really powerful. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a really big deal for mm. me. And, you know, that really kind of was a result of the the networks that I had built because I just didn't realize that it had been possible before, before women had, before connecting with other people, mm. which is why I'm so happy to chat with you today and, and be open and honest because mm-hmm. I didn't have any role models for i just seen it so often of, the, of loads of brilliant, wonderful female teachers, female leaders who would go on maternity leave and either wouldn't come back or they would come back part time. Yeah. And, and I felt that was the route that I was going to go to because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it could be compatible, these things. Yeah. It's really interesting what you, because a lot of what you've said is that you didn't realise because you Mm. hadn't seen it. It just goes to show how the importance of role models being able to see or hear or know that these possibilities and opportunities Mm. exist. So, you know, it was great. Thank goodness that you discovered um, women eds at that point in your first pregnancy. And I know that it was through the second pregnancy then you discovered the MTPT project. So, so your original representative yeah. for them. Can you speak about your work with them and how it's really enhanced your yeah. leadership as such and what you do? So I, in my first maternity leave, I did do a little bit of what we could say was some CPD. Um, as mm-hmm. I said, at that point in my journey, I, I was doing a, a senior leadership, aspiring senior leadership course. I did a little bit of reading but it lacked any kind of focus. I was just wanting to kind of keep my 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 foot in a little bit. And by the time I did have my second baby and I was on maternity leave, I think a number of things fell into place. So firstly, I, by that point, was, was more engaged in Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it was through Twitter that I found out about maternity CPD, which is the uh, MTPT project's Twitter handle. And so I was reading a little bit about that and and then I I started to kind of post a few bits and pieces and people were starting to connect with me and then I discovered their website and I was reading the case studies on there and I was like oh my goodness these women are amazing mm. and and I should say it's not just women it's there there are increasingly men as well during their parental leave but at that point a lot of the case studies are I was reading on the website who of, of these people who were undoing um, courses like masters, doctorates, or one that really s- sort of struck a chord with me was going into schools with their baby. I thought, wow, you know, at that point I had been, so just before I went on my second maternity leave, I had been promoted to assistant head teacher. And I had been uh, in post for half a term before I went on leave. So teaching and learning was doing lots of things and had to then say goodbye to it all. Mm-hmm. And that felt difficult. And I felt like I hadn't been able to get my teeth into something really exciting to the role that I'd you know, been wanting to do for so long. Mm-hmm. So I thought this, this might be a really good opportunity then to, to kind of reach out and connect with other people. So inspired by the case studies from the MTPG project website, I put a, a, a post out on, on social media and said, would anyone be willing to have me and my baby 
come and visit schools and I was just overwhelmed so many people got in touch and so I went Mm -hmm. into schools with the baby in the sling um you know so he was I think I think he was probably only six weeks the first school that I went to visit. Oh wow! Thinking, you know, maybe it was eight weeks. So, so it was just after February uh-huh. half term. Yeah, so he would have been eight weeks old. And I visited loads and loads of schools, really different schools, and and it really was so empowering for me. And at that age, you know, he was very portable, um, and as long <laughs> as they were happy for me to kind of feed him or change him. Uh, wherever like mm-hmm. the the schools that I went into it was it was really really empowering to go and and do that connect with people to have conversations I mean I spoke to you I said at the beginning kind of thinking about the Lucy part you know rather than just the mum mm-hmm. part and I was being able to kind of do them both and I surprised myself like I a- arranged these things and then I was having the you know the guilt, the self-doubt, can I do this? But as soon as I went there, I realized I can do this. And it made me feel so good. And so much, I didn't, I'd had already my connections with uh, young mums. I didn't feel like I needed to go to a music class of, you know, second Uh time round. And instead, you know, talking about pedagogy and talking about school improvement with loads of amazing people was brilliant. So that's how I got involved with the MTPT project, uh, kind of doing a, some CPD, I, I did their accreditation, which is a really thoughtfully structured CPD qualification. It can be flexible, but it's all about kind of choosing something and to, to work on and also bringing that back into school. But importantly as well, it has coaching involved with that. So working with my coach was so powerful Mm -hmm. and so through doing that I then kind of had said to to Emma Shepard the the founder who I know that you know and uh and said I'd be happy to kind of do any more like I feel like this has made such a difference to me it made it much easier for me to go back to work because I felt like I stayed in the loop but within on my own terms, you know, it was it was never like I was doing this every day. It was kind of it, my choice. It was all around the the MTPT project's mantra is no guilt, no pressure. And it really felt like that. It was just like, oh, if baby's sleeping, yeah. I'm going to maybe listen to a podcast or whatever. It made it much easier to go back to work. And yeah, so that's how I got involved is wanting to try and fly the flag for the MTPT project and support people mm. locally who may be going through that transition as well. That Thanks for sharing that. Cause it is for, I can imagine for people listening that has made, made people think, wow, you, you did that with, you know, eight week old baby, you went into schools and you met with people and you're able to still develop that self mm. yourself um, professionally. So on that, which is great. It's, you know, you've got your two selves here, which <laughs> equates one <laughs> in this um, um, equation. So you've got yourself developing yourself as a leader or, or fulfilling the needs that you had there in terms of progression. And then you've got yourself as a mother. Now, how did you balance the two? Because I think you have done it, but I just want to kind of like home in how, how, what did that look mm. like? So yeah, you you went in and he like he said he made really his strong point there that he was portable mm. at that age. Now what 
what did that look like? How did you deal with, you know, anything that can come up with babies? So how, how did you deal with obstacles as such? Do you mean obstacles like specifically during sort of parental, even going on those school visits? So, yeah. Yeah, just anything. So, you know, like listening to your podcast, mm. research and all that. Because, you know, when you have babies, you know, a lot of people say, well, you've got to sleep on a baby sleeps. You've got to do this. And no one mm. does. So how did you literally fit it into your mm. day? What did that look like? So I think I was very fortunate. Firstly, I recognize that, that financially I was able to send my other child into nursery. So, mm. you know, that enabled me to just have that baby to look after. So that was one obstacle that I could deal with. Mm-hmm. I think it was about kind of talking and with the people before I went to schools and kind of establishing anything there. I suppose before I did the before I went for the first time, I didn't quite know what I would need to think about. Mm-hmm. And Actually, the first school visit, I think it's important to say the first school I went to, the members of the senior team who I was meeting with, they were all men. They were parents, but their their babies, their children, sorry, were much were much older. They'd kind of grown up. And so they were maybe not in that zone, but they were unbelievably supportive in a way that perhaps mm. I hadn't, you know, if, if I had been, you know, if I was to welcome someone here, Uh, at my school and and absolutely really happy to to organize that and do that for someone I'd be thinking in my mind oh I want where where could I put where could they change their nappies and what are they going to do with the dirty nappies and how will they feel about Mm -hmm. feeding or if they've left the baby where are they going to express because I'm in that zone then they weren't in that zone but I think what was really important was they they kind of communicated before, like, is there anything that we need to know or that you want to ask? Uh, I think that was really important so that I felt at ease so that when things went a little bit tits up, and they didn't go tits up, but I do remember <laughs> meeting with the head and him sort of saying, should we go, we'll, we'll go have a wander around the school. And then ba- then Rodan started crying and, and I was like, oh, I, I think I'm going to feed him. I'm going to have to feed him. She, he was like, no worries. Do you want a cup of tea? Will you do that? And he sat. He, am I? Are you comfortable yeah. for me to be in here too? He just made me completely yeah. at ease. And I think that's like been a big learning curve for me is that about leadership is about being human and being as welcoming as you know. That welcoming is so powerful. Mm. So those are the ways I think communication was was really key to uh, overcome those obstacles because I did. You know, another school I went to. And he had the classic punami where, you know, poo all up the back <laughs> in the, we're sitting in the uh, the dining hall and had to do a full change. And I dealt with it though. You know, if I predict yeah, if exactly. before I'd have thought, right, you know, worst case scenarios, that probably would have been with one of them arriving within 15 minutes of being mm-hmm. there, hearing this almighty noise and thinking, okay, there is no baby change facilities in a school and just having to deal with that. So yeah, overcoming those obstacles yeah. by just thinking, do you know what? You can, you can do it. <laughs> You'll make absolutely. it work. <laughs> yeah, you do. Absolutely. And as mothers, yeah. that's what we do, don't we? We make it work. But what was interesting in your story is just how sometimes what can hold us back is the assumptions of mm-hmm. others. Because, you know, it's interesting that you pointed out that he was the mm-hmm. male 
was yeah. okay. You know, it's fine. Don't just go and change. You yeah. know, it's fine. Go and feed your, yeah. your baby. So sometimes I think the assumptions that we have of others can actually hold us back. Yeah, in order it's really, to stop really, us from moving really forward. important point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So thinking about so that's some of the struggles, and thanks for sharing those. Thinking about leadership being a labyrinth. So you know we've spoken about you know careers being a jungle gym. So what what does leadership labyrinth mean to you? I think it means a couple of things. I'm, firstly, I think the fact that as I've spoken about with that Sheryl Sandberg quite really quite similar view really that there is a labyrinth or a maze. There's no single route to the end goal, whatever that end goal might be for for, for individuals. That there are different roads and routes and 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 that's the reality of leadership and I think sometimes in schools you know we can think about what might be the route to headship and it might be in the secondary setting we all like do you want to go into pastoral or curriculum and thinking that there's only kind of these kind of two routes and you'll go be a head of department then a assistant head deputy head head teacher and I think for me, I'm, I'm, I've learned that there is no set route and, you know, life can present all kinds of different things along the way. You know, baby number three was definitely a surprise for me. That was, that was a different path that I was expecting to take. <laughs> and that's, that's how I think leadership is. It is a labyrinth because at every point when making decisions this way or that way or something else pops up and whether that's in life or in work, something that you weren't expecting because the field in which we work in education, like at home, we are, we work with people and people Mm -hmm. are unpredictable. And so there are, there is no, this is a set way. This, there is no right way or wrong way. It's just kind of always trying to make the best decisions based on what you can at the time. Yeah, brilliant. I'm, I'm so, you know, I think we need to kind of even talk a bit more about the, the importance of decisions mm. because, you know, you're absolutely right throughout everybody's journeys. There's no, you know, leadership is not linear. Life mm. is not linear. Mm. So there are going to be different pathways. And it's important to kind of just highlight that, that the different pathways will come up but it's about our decisions mm. and the decisions that we make for ourselves as to how, you know, we continue on that journey. And also obviously mm. that leads back to mindset. So thanks for bringing that up. Mm. And just to ask then, so we're thinking about just what I was just talking about decisions. What decisions have you made that have impacted your leadership? Would you say? What decisions? Oh my goodness. I mean, such a big question. Um, I think that obviously in in leadership, in life, we make decisions on a daily basis. Some are small, some are large. Some seem small, but actually have much larger repercussions. Mm. What decisions have? The thinking is a great process, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, sometimes, like you just said, you said, you know, we make small decisions mm. and sometimes they be, be the ones that make the greatest impact. Mm. I think mm-hmm. one decision for me was around going part-time. Mm. Okay. And I think that that was 
motivated by personal in personal reasons I'd got to a point where I wanted to, to 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 have a little bit more balance and be with my children whilst they were young but that decision had had big impact for for my career and not the way that I thought it would mm. you know I thought that that would be limiting my career and actually I feel that I'm not to say it's enhanced but it's certainly I think it has made me a better leader because firstly, I am happier. I have more balance. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really key. But yeah. also I have a lot of empathy for our part-time teachers of which we have mm-hmm. uh, and part-time staff. We have a lot. And I think that's been really important for me. And also recognizing that, you know, I spoke at the beginning how I didn't have any role models not any role models, I had plenty of role models, but I didn't, I hadn't really seen people who were like me in the Mm. positions that I might want to aspire to. Uh, So I didn't, I used to not think I'd want to be a head teacher. So I didn't know any female head teachers. And so, you know, I recognize now that I have a privileged position, not because being part-time is a privileged position, but because I represent something to the whole body of our staff, but also to people outside of our school, people coming into a school that we're a family-friendly organisation, that if, Mm -hmm. you know, that I think is key. But for all of the many part-time, anyone who's thinking that they might want to be part-time to to realise that, you know, being a leader and being part-time, they're not, you know, exclusive things that you can can have both. So that that, that I think was a big decision that had mm-hmm. impact in a way that I hadn't realised. Yeah. So you were ten percent brave. I was. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you're living that. To be honest, aren't you? Would you say? Would you live? Would you say that your leadership is being ten percent braver every day. Was. I'd love to say that say that there? was true, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's reminding myself to be that. I think that the struggles of being a mum at the moment, so for example, at the moment right now, I'm coming out of uh, two and a half weeks of every one, at least one of our our children being poorly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those days, <laughs> being 10% braver feels very tough. And, you know, then mm. the realities of the... The, the 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 managing the chaos of the three kids that sometimes being 10% braver can be more difficult than other days and I really recognize that and I think it's mm. important to talk about the difficulties actually that but yeah. I do try to be reflective and think okay and and, I, and I'm very fortunate in that I have very good friends and family and and a network around me professionally within my mm-hmm. school and beyond where where mm-hmm. I, if i am feeling like oh should i be tempted if i'm i'm teaching or if there are some of those barriers those challenges at home which are making it a bit more difficult you know i think everyone needs someone to be your cheerleader as well yeah. sometimes to make you t- yeah. to enable you to be 10% braver when things Absolutely. are a bit tough yeah. So, you know, leadership, you can't do it alone. And, you know, just what you were saying, because when we were talking before and you said that your children uh, weren't well, 
And I think just being honest. So you were, in my opinion, from my perspective, I think you were demonstrating <laughs> being 10% braver because you were able to say, actually, not right now. <laughs> I need to focus on my family. Yeah. To say that is not easy. Mm. You know, being open and authentic to, 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 to say, I need to pause right now. Mm. I need to look after my family. That in itself is you modeling mm. being 10% yeah. braver. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I think as women, we don't realize that we are modeling great leadership all of the time. It's just that it may not be what it says on the tin mm, as such, mm. you know. Yeah, so just on all of that then, so you've, if we think about your journey at the beginning, you hadn't seen someone doing what you wanted to do, didn't know that it existed. Now you're a representation of that mm. from two different networks. I'm just wondering, outside of that, who inspires you to continue? Who's your inspiration? My mum. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely. My mum is a very, very special lady who, I mean, we all, we all say that, but mm-hmm. to me, she is, she is the world. And she has, she was a wonderful mum to, I, I'm one of, th- uh, one of three, her three children. She also raised her two stepchildren so my half sisters Mm -hmm. and she also worked full-time and I look to her now I lean on her probably often too much too Mm -hmm. as well but that that I think having someone who has done who I think has done motherhood the way that I you know when I think of what kind of mum I want to be I want to be my mother and knowing that, you know, she had very, very different career-wise aspirations to me in terms of, but just the fact that she worked and did manage that, and that is really inspiring to me too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, she would be my inspiration. Fantastic. And the importance of positive role models, <laughs> you know, the foundations of a role model. Because, mm. you know, like you say, it's not, not, not the same career or anything, but that, that, that it's values actually, to mm. be fair. It's the values that, um, that we often are inspired by. Mm. So as we kind of wind it down now, what resources would you recommend for mothers on or about to go on maternity leave? So definitely the NTPT project uh, website. There's loads of there's loads of resources on there. Case studies, I think, for me were the most powerful thing which which brought me in because you know I needed that was the thing which I needed was the role modelling and that brought me in. But there's also lots of resources on there around kind of the coaching programs and and the various kind of events that they hold which. Are, are appropriate for different people whether that's like trying to secure flexible work or you know working but so definitely would signpost people to, to there and and following the mtpt project on various social media whatever your platform might be because they're on instagram and twitter and facebook and then definitely the women ed books there's um mm-hmm. so both t- uh 10% braver and then being 10% braver i think there's something in there for everyone and and I and they're the kind of thing which you can dip into and then for me if you're going on maternity leave the best advice that I had if you just want to do a little bit of uh, 
maternity secretly if you want to do it's podcasts uh, so mm-hmm. listen to all your podcast series of, of course Kathleen I would say that <laughs> but download yeah. things and, and and someone said to me I it was I bought the bought some some wireless headphones for my third maternity leave and they were brilliant because I could then be doing the, the chores or doing changing nappies without how, kind of having wires around or you know walking on the doing prams or walking outside so yeah. if if you someone wants to buy you a gift or something you have maternity leave or you buy yourself a gift like that really really was um was a great thing that's a key resource that I would recommend fantastic great tip actually because I wouldn't have thought thought of that though that is a great tip because when I was on maternity leave you know it was just wired yeah <laughs> so, yeah so how can our listeners if they want to connect with you online so the best platform for connecting with me is on Twitter and my handle is at Chelt Teacher. Um, and happy, you know, if you follow me, uh, send me a DM, you know, really, really happy to connect. Fantastic. And as we come to the end now, I'm going to ask you three deep dive statements and then just a random question. So the MTPT project is? A powerful organization for helping us rethink how education should be done that's not the that's not the the tagline that emma would go for because there's loads of things there but that for me i think it's it is reshaping how we think about education and making education family friendly brilliant being courageous has led me to to experience things that I didn't think possible. Right. Yeah. It's a good answer. <laughs> and it's encouraging at the same time for others. If I knew then that. That being a mum doesn't stop you from being yourself, then I would have been happier after you know, right from the beginning. I think that was a big identity thing for me. Becoming a mum was tough. Mm. I didn't know who mm. I would be. And uh, if I'd known there's no one way to be a mum and that you can still retain yourself, I would have been happier. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, okay. So everybody, please listen to that because I think that's one of the greatest um things to understand and to know Mm. um thanks for sharing that and here's your random question so you wake up in a body of wonder woman how would you live up to your name (laughs) i would try to no not try to because i'm wonder woman i would abolish inequality in our in our world um, and that I think would be, unfortunately, that's something only Wonder Woman might be able to achieve. Mm. It's something we can all hope for and strive for and keep doing. It's something that I feel passionately about, but I feel we yeah. need a few Wonder Womans and uh, superheroes to achieve that. Yeah. And we are all superheroes in our own right. Mm. So if we go back to what you're saying about working collectively, I think we could do what you've just said. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks so much for being so open and reflective today, Lucy. I've really enjoyed our conversation. 
Thank you. Lucy is a positive example of the benefits of maternity CPD and using social media to enhance and advance her leadership career. The Motherhood and Leadership Series is a collaboration with the MTPT project, Maternity Teacher, Paternity Teacher. For more information, head over to www.mtpt.org.uk. Until our next episode, be safe, be well, but most importantly, keep growing. Remember, there is power in your voice and it all starts with a conversation. 